the Judging Book Covers, your bi-weekly book club podcast where we help people go through their to-be-read list. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Megan Griffin. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Glad it's the weekend. Thank God. <laughs> Although, I feel like December is disappearing, and as we were discussing before we started recording, I have done maybe 3% of my Christmas shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, maybe a little bit more than that, but... <laughs> yep, either get on Amazon Prime now or go brave the stores. I don't know. Does that still get yeah, busy I, these days? I don't know. And like, because I'm so close to the mall, I'm like, mm, let's just go to the mall if we need to. Oh my God. I, I remember... Even though I don't like going to the mall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I assume that there's still enough people that don't do online shopping. The mall is scary this time of year, but I have not been to the mall in a December in a very long time like i went once it scared me although we went so the cheesecake factory is i don't it's like in the mall but right outside the mall we couldn't we didn't think that there was a way to get into it from inside the mall but Uh it's like on the mall yeah (laughs) but we parked in the mall parking garage and it wasn't super busy that was last thursday okay maybe if you go during the week it's not as bad that may be it yes it is uh, that time of year if you haven't started You've got, let's see if this releases Sunday, two weeks. Oh my God. If a it releases week? Sunday, it's like a oh week and two, three days. <laughs> oh my God. That's terrifying. Okay. That's oh my God, terrifying. It really is. All right. Yep. So, plus it's also, so my dad's side's getting together this coming Saturday. So we'll be done with them by then. But then mm-hmm. Chris's family is not until the 29th. So it feels like we have extra time. Oh. Yes, you but have maybe a very we should long. just get it done. <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys do actually on Christmas? Uh, on Christmas is always reserved for the individual families. So that's right. Did we, we talk used about to actually. I don't know. Or we did. <laughs> I don't we know if it was before. during. Yeah. So we used to end up at our friend's parents' house all the time. Okay. But that was when we were in Connecticut. So I kind of want to make like, like a meal meal. Like yeah. A fancy something make some type of dessert with my new stand mixer yes. that I got for my birthday. Just remember to let it chill before you ice it. Yeah, and buttercream between the layers because, and grease the pan. And grease the pan. All. Or just use parchment paper because butter doesn't always work. That's true. I don't ever use parchment paper. And I, watching that and also, or watching um, the Great British Bake Off, I'm like, I should get some parchment paper. Actually, I, I think I have some. I do. I feel like it's like one of those things that I just always have in my pantry. And like, I'm, I have yeah. no idea why, but. I just do. It, it tends to only come out when I make Rice Krispies treats and I cut them up. And then if I need to layer to get them to wherever, I put the parchment paper in between. Man, I think I'm going to make Rice Krispie treats for tomorrow's party. I think it's just going to happen. I'm going to end up making some too. Not with my stand mixer. but <laughs> No, no, that's that's an easy thing. Yes. Yes. Well, to- easy if you know how. But if anyone here who's listening has watched the holiday oh my God. episodes of Nailed It, you'll know it's not always easy. No, apparently if you don't know the recipe for the three ingredients, it is very hard to do. I feel like that should be a prerequisite for being a grandparent is you should know how to yes. make Rice Krispie treats. And it's only because I associate them with my grandmother. <laughs> Did you get attachments for your uh, stand mixer? It came with some. I haven't actually taken them out, but it looked like from the box that it came with the paddle... The dough mixer. Nice. Or the dough one. Um, the whisk. And it may be a pasta attachment. Okay. So. That was going to be my question is the pasta, which I have never, ever used mine. My pasta I'm one. I'm going to. I don't know when. 
Yes. Basically, I'm looking forward to making something sweet this weekend. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I uh, I ended up getting one for Christmas years ago. Um, I say that like it was forever ago. It was probably five years ago. Um, because I didn't have one and I didn't have like a hand whisk or like a electric hand whisk or mixer or whatever. So I made cookies one year by hand and my mother thought it was the most pathetic thing. Huh. <laughs> so I got it for Christmas. <laughs> I think I complained about how much my hand hurt. My mom was like, this is pathetic. You should have a mixer. So, and I love that thing so much. I've complained about it every time. I make this uh, strawberry icebox cake and it calls for homemade whipped cream. Oh, yes. And every time I've made it with that hand mixer, I have complained and just stood there for like 20, maybe not 20 minutes, but forever. Like, why don't I have a stand mixer? But then I don't make it that often to like justify buying it for myself. But then I got it as a gift. So now I'm just going to make that icebox cake all the time. See, there you go. It'll be perfect. Yep. Yep. Oh, I'm very excited. I'm hoping we're going to make cookies when I go home. Ooh, yes. But there's a good chance they've already done it. So who knows? Oh. Well, I mean, then that means I have cookies waiting for me. We shall That's see. That's true. That's <laughs> true. That is one thing I will miss from our friend's parents' house. His mom always makes just delicious, like, sugar cookies with that royal icing. Oh, yes. So beautifully decorated. <laughs> I probably ate a ton of them over the course of the last few years every Christmas um, so I'm like oh I should make those since I will not have them and yep. also I've never made them so there you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> one Christmas we used Halloween cutters cookie cutters because we did not have any but my um, roommate really really wanted sugar cookies mm-hmm. and that's what we did so I actually make it work yep those pictures actually popped up recently and I was like wow Oh, they're like Nightmare Before Christmas cookies. There you go. Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, now I really wish I'd kept those cookie cutters. <laughs> Someone has I to think, have them. I think I have maybe like a gingerbread man and then some fall themed ones. <laughs> I don't know what else I have because I've never made cookies like that. It's always just chocolate chip cookies, like circle really? cookies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. You're going to end up in a cookie swap next year. That's what's going to happen. Okay. It's fine with me. <laughs> one of these years, we'll read a holiday book at this time of year. We'll find a good one. Yes, because I don't know what holiday books I've actually read, other than like, mm, I can't think of one. <laughs> I read one recently called One Day in December that uh, was about a woman who was on a bus and she sees a guy through the window of the bus and of course, like instant crush, mm-hmm. and does this like daring thing of like inviting him on the bus or something. And, and he, anyways, he doesn't make it on, but like she's convinced that's who she wants to be with. Okay. And they spend the next few months like trying to find him, and then suddenly her best friend is dating him. Oh. And that's where I'm going to leave that story. Snap. But <laughs> it was surprisingly really really good like uh it didn't quite do what you would expect like it wasn't very trope like Mm -hmm. and it's i guess not really truly a christmas book although there's a lot of christmas in it but like it does take you know it's like a three-year or four-year thing uh progression over the book but uh that's the only holiday book that's coming to mind at the moment i'm sure i've read more Cannot honestly can't even picture one in my head. Besides, like 
the night before Christmas. <laughs> yes. There is, um, I think it was a John Grisham book called, like, Skipping Christmas or something. Yes. Yeah. I think we, we had that, and then I think before the move, I think Chris, I don't think he kept it, because I think it was his. Okay. And I didn't want to read it, because I was like, because mm, he, John Grisham made some comments about, what was it? Base, sort of defending old oh no pedophiles <gasps> how they oh, accidentally no. they accidentally click these things and end up on these websites and I was like what are you what first of all where are you starting at because uh, how what <laughs> he is a lawyer is John Grisham the one that's a lawyer he's the one who writes all like the client and the firm he wrote okay. all those books yeah because my mother always held him up as an example of like if you want to be a writer, that's fine, but you should have something stable going on to pay the bills until you can make it as a writer. Um, like, look at John Grisham. He's a lawyer, you know, whatever. Um, was it John Grisham? Is he anyway. a lawyer? I mean, it would make sense from the books of his, like, because I remember reading those books when I was younger. I'm, now I got to look it up. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case, then it makes sense. Like, he's thinking... Stupidly, yeah, attorney, but, yeah. attorney, politician, and activist. Oh, bless. Politician. Oh, it's a member of the board of directors of the Innocence Project. And still said that. Yeah. 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 That's very strange. It. Yeah. And I was, I, was, I don't know. It made me be like, what are you doing on certain websites and ending up? What is that? Like, it just, Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah so i didn't read that book and i think we got rid of it <laughs> understandable understandable it's not one that's going to show up on here <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so what we read for this week was chemistry by waiki wang and this one was on my list i it was on a list in, on my i think it was on my amazon list actually and chris got it for me about a year ago at christmas <laughs> happens and i cannot remember what brought it to my attention she it must have been on another like a list of really good books or something like that um and the synopsis was enough to to pull me in because it just came out in 2017 so it must have been on some list last year yeah i think she uh, won a few awards um, yeah for it, so uh yeah what's your did you do audiobook or i did the audiobook for this one audiobook. um because my library had it so nice but uh, it is still the yellow cover mm-hmm. um, with the female bathroom symbol yep. with the chemistry or the the atom logo the around atom, it. Yeah. Uh, Simple to the point. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about yellow books, man. They are bright. I mean, it jumps out at you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is very true. Like if this was on a shelf, it would definitely yeah. call your attention. Do you have it in hardback? I do. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So, well, it's just without the, it's just a black oh, okay. cover without the jacket on it. That makes so. some sense. Yeah. So, chemistry, which I, again, since I cannot remember what brought it to my attention, <laughs> basically the synopsis, um... We have a narrator who is a grad student at a very demanding university in Boston, and her research is not going very well. Um, she has a boyfriend named Eric who has proposed, 
And there's the question of what should her answer be? <laughs> yeah. Um, we do find out as we go along, though, that he is having great success. He's graduated from grad school and is very passionate about his work, and he wants to teach in the academic setting. He's had so much success. Um, and it basically, with both that and also her, with, with him and with her professional life, it's a question of what does she want out of things? Yeah. I did not like Eric. <laughs> no. No, and I actually had to rewind the ending because we'll, we'll get to that. But at first I was like, she did not. And then I was like, okay, I think I misunderstood. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, let me just get that out here. I did not care for no, Eric. <laughs> no. Um, he, he's not a bad guy. He's just not someone. I date him. No, yeah, he's... <laughs> He's someone that's looking for a very simple life and grew up in a very simple life. And that's fine. But I think whoever your partner is, you should you kind of owe it to them to understand where they're coming from with certain things instead of just looking at them like they have three heads when they ask you. Like she asked a very blunt question of when did you discover the meanness of parents? Mm -hmm. And he and yes, he did not grow up with parents who were like mean to him. But maybe let's explore that. Let's find out why your partner's asking you that and what happened in her childhood or her life to make her ask something like that. Also, be very weary of men who, like, can't acknowledge that maybe their parents aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a very loving mother and stepfather. I love them dearly, and they are very, very kind and loving to me. But, like, that doesn't mean that there weren't difficult times. Right. Right. I found like, I think she asks him, what's the worst thing you've ever said to your parents? And what have they said to you? And he has nothing. And I'm like, really? Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> like, how does nothing come to mind? I mean, I guess it could happen. I feel like I should go ask Chris that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm going like to start just asking I, everybody that question. Right. I know my mom and I had like a difficult relationship. Things have gotten much better. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I know people who did not have similarly difficult relationships, but who are still able to see where I'm coming from or yeah. accept my experiences. And he just, he just didn't. I think early on was when I was like, oh, I don't like you. I'm not going to like you. <laughs> was yeah. when um, they go to that Beatles light show. And she doesn't like the Beatles. Stop trying to make her like the Beatles, <laughs> Eric, because he loves them. Um, both of his parents were huge Beatles fans. And that's fine. Right. Fine. You like the Beatles? Fine. But she doesn't like them. I did like, though, on that uh, in that section, she talks about how she really likes Queen and quotes some of the lyrics. And then she's like, also, his name was Freddie Mercury. How could you not love him? But <laughs> I digress. Um and after they're talking and he's like, well, what'd you think about the show or whatever? And she talks about the lasers because that was entertaining and fun. And he's it's like also disappointed. Science. Yes. <laughs> but he's disappointed because he's like, well, what about the songs? What about Dear Prudence? And it's like, she doesn't like these fucking songs. Yeah, dude. And then he does say that he wished that she had said something other than it was OK. I was like, could you stop trying to change her? So, <sighs> yeah. And that was early on. That was like not very far in. <laughs> I feel like. Eric's the type of dude or type of person because this is not just like a guy thing that idolizes his parents' relationship with. There's nothing wrong with that, but like mm -hmm. 
will be shocked when they suddenly have a divorce. Like, <laughs> if you've never seen your parents fight, I feel like that's grounds to be concerned. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because generally people are people fight. And it's healthy for you to see your parents yes. fight and then also make up and resolve things. Yeah. I, that's how- is that what we just read in Difficult People or Difficult Women? Was there a story about a... a I don't know. I'm trying to remember where I heard this, if it's not from that, but where there's a woman talking about how she never saw her parents fight. And then she, because of that, she didn't never learned how to talk to uh, her husband or other people, maybe. Oh, I don't remember if that was in there. I may have read that somewhere else. Hmm. Or maybe I would, I don't know. I consume so much random media. Yeah. (laughs) But that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Versus... If you see your parents fighting the way that our narrator has seen her parents fight and argue, that's not you healthy. You may not learn the healthiest way to yeah. argue because there there's a healthy way to do it and a not healthy way. Like, um, so Eric starts practicing Chinese, but he won't speak it to her parents, and she can tell that her mom like there's a there's a language barrier. Her mom's had a tough time with English, and. Our narrator and Eric get into a fight later on about how he won't speak it and he feels that he loses his humor or something if he were to try to speak Chinese. And then he ends up saying something like, well, she lives here. She's expected to learn the language. And I was immediately pissed off. But our narrator was also immediately pissed off and grabbed a stapler. (laughs) Yes, I did love that. (laughs) I mean, I'm okay with it, but. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like. She doesn't throw it because he immediately right. apologizes. Then I still don't think she would have thrown it either way. But it's still, it's just like, well, I don't know. She does know. do a lot of things. But. Um, yeah, she does put it down when he apologizes. But. Um, yeah. Because her parents would have fights where there was one where her mother parked horizontally in front of the driveway. So he had to basically drive over the grass and hit the mailbox to get out to go to work. Yeah. Um, I believe her dad smashed a bunch of dishes one time. They were wonderfully passive aggressive. Well, maybe that's just aggressive. I don't know. I mean, that's that's aggressive. So our narrator was born in China. Her mom was a pharmacist, and her mother's mother was an architect, and her mother's father was a physicist. So from that, to me, I was just like, oh my god, the pressure. Yes. <laughs> just like from what I understand about uh, immigrant children. Um, cause I am, I'm not one. Um, the pressure is already very hard as it is. Like there, cause your parents want you to do better when these are your parents. Yeah. I can understand having a lot of, uh, anxiety and, and, that uh, bar is so high, so high. So and then her dad, the reason they moved to America was because he had dreams of getting his PhD in engineering. So he wrote to schools, he gets in. So they move. So her dad has a PhD in freaking engineering. Good God. From America. Right. Like, not even like he has one from China. It's from a country that he doesn't, nece- he didn't necessarily speak the language for. Right. When he started. Right. Whereas her mom would have, would have to take, retake all the tests she took in China to be a pharmacist. But the tests are in English and she's had trouble grasping the language. It's not for lack of trying. Yeah. So I kind of felt for her mom on that because I was like, you were doing the job before you moved. You had all the all your credentials, everything you needed. 
I still don't understand why things like that don't uh, translate over well and like who makes that decision and where that decision comes from. It just, I don't know, it's something yeah. that fascinates me because it is something that a lot of people that immigrate over struggle with is mm-hmm. that, you know, they are really intelligent people that are doing things and they end up not because our country is so weird. Yeah. Um, did you look up anything about the author while you were reading this? I didn't. I meant to. I did see where she did went. I can't remember the name of the award. So um, I did see, though, where she went to Harvard. Yeah. So I was like, I saw that before I started and was like, is this autobiographical? Because I was like, I thought it was fiction. And uh, I did read an interview and it is mostly fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she did not try to get a PhD. She does, or she did not get a P- try to get a PhD in chemistry. I believe she does have a PhD. She does. Her doctorate is in public health. Right. She did her undergrad in chemistry and then the doctorate in public health. And uh, then... And she said that, like, the things about the dog were a lot like her dog. I was like, okay. Okay. There was... So the part where she talks about the test to see if you have a smart dog, where the two tests are, you put a blanket on the dog, uh-huh. and if it takes them forever to come out from under the blanket, they're not as smart, whereas... And her dog basically was just like, oh my god, what do I do? And laid <laughs> down. And then or if you put a, a treat under a cup... Yes. And he didn't, like, not... I was like, my dog would fling that cup across the room, <laughs> and I don't know if it's smart, if it's, like, his intelligence, or if it's just, I saw you put food there. Right. <laughs> and I'm gonna eat it. <laughs> Does uh, Chief Brody pass the the blanket test? Oh, yeah. He likes to burrow on his own terms. Yeah. But when we put blankets on him or if like if he's do if I see him moving and I lift the blanket to make sure he's not like licking the couch, he's probably licking his foot or something. But if I lift the blanket and then I put it back over him, he like shoves it off and looks back like he has to like only burrow on his own terms. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, yeah, he passed that. Charlie passes the blanket test. I don't know if he passed the Mm -hmm. treat test because like. I definitely had a one of those Kong things at one point, like put a treat mm-hmm. inside of it. And he mm-hmm. was like, I can't get this out. I give up. <laughs> but I think he's also learned, like, I think he's just a spoiled freaking brat. So. That's, and like has I learned mean, manipulation. <laughs> oh. I feel like they know. So Chief Brody, there was some noise complaints because he was barking. Some complaints about him oh. barking. And he had some separation anxiety when we moved. And that's how I discovered from online that moving can cause separation anxiety when you leave the house so we started we got him we have a kong for him so we started leaving that with a little bit of peanut butter around it and then i got him we got him like a treat ball where it's got three different levels for difficulty oh yeah so the first level we put a couple treats in came home like he had no problem with those so we're like let's move it up to the second level we'd come home and the treats would still be in the ball. And I was like, I don't, I think this is laziness because the peanut butter is so easily accessible from yeah. the Kong. It's right there. I think this is just laziness. And it is, it totally, it uh, 1000% is because I went to, um, like there've been times I've just left the treat ball and the treats are gone. Cause then he started, he stopped using the treat ball. Even when we moved it back down to the easiest level. Uh huh. And it's just laziness. But if you leave just that treat ball with no Kong and peanut butter, the treats are usually gone when you get home. Interesting. So he's just like, I know where I can get it. And if I don't have to work for it, I don't care. Right. Until he does this thing, though, when you cut like when you come home, he's excited and he looks for a treat to grab or a toy, I should say. Okay. 
Like if his nylon bone was out, he'd grab that and run around with it. And so he does that with the treat ball. When you come home, he runs around and chases it. Aww. But he quickly stops if he's already gotten all the treats out. And when I went to get coffee today, I left him the treat ball, I think on level two, and they were gone by the time I got home. Okay. So it's like, oh, you can. You just choose it not to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think uh, the, the dog in the book, um, I don't know. Well... I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. She talks about how she kills plants. Like, she has no awareness Mm. for that. And, and like, she'll leave doors open, drawers open, and things like that. And uh, has no, like, awareness for her health or anything. And I think the dog, in a sense, kind of saves her life. Because, like, Mm. she has to walk him. She has to feed him. But she's not suicidal or, like... I, I want to say overly depressed, but she's very mm-hmm. clearly depressed and going through something. So yeah. I don't know how to phrase that exactly. But, um, yeah. I feel, because so with her research not going well, I believe, was it her advisor or someone else who asked someone like higher up, asks her, where do you see your research in five years? And she's like, I hope graduated with, you know, with a job. And she's like, they were like, well, maybe you should choose a different area. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. But her breaking point when she she goes and cuts her hair, mm-hmm. comes back to the lab and ends up smashing five beakers while shouting, yelling. <laughs> um, then she basically has a one month grace period and then she's put on medical leave and they give her a therapist to see and she's drinking. She is drinking a lot more. That's, like, yeah, it's where Eric is, you know, her and Eric live together, which her parents don't know. Um, he suggests maybe you should see 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 the shrink um and she does she does and then then the mention of the alcohol lessens after that as she goes with that's her true, yeah. with her sessions yeah she's uh i don't know i i had to laugh because i feel like i personally stopped going i dropped out of grad school too because mm-hmm. there was a day where i was working on a paper and i was like i could be working on this paper or I can go spend Easter with my family. And I was like, you know what? Oh, I yeah. don't want to do this anymore. And it, my my job wasn't requiring it. I, mm-hmm. you know, it was, they were, you know, helping me pay for it. But it was like, why am I stressing myself out about this? So, yeah. yeah. The stress when she talks about, um, she talks about one grad student who killed their advisor. Oh my God, yes. They were a grad student for 17 years or something like that. And their advisor wasn't like doing whatever they do to like help them graduate. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> and they then, liked having them around for, they're really good at whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then other graduates, students who, um, kill themselves with the, after the, with just with the amount of stress and pressure that they're under. Yeah. Grad school's no joke. And like, if you're going to do it, no. I remember my stepdad. I mean, he's got a master's degree and he was like, I, it's not worth it. Like oh. when I was thinking about going, he was just like, mm-hmm. he's like, unless it's going to, you know, better your career. He's like, why do that to yourself? Mm-hmm. So. My cousin um, took the bar this oh summer God. and he did pass. He found out in September he passed. That's awesome. But yes. <laughs> but I remember talking to his mom and his wife and my stepmom, like when we would get together like it just and she his mom had taken the bar too a couple times and she just remembers just 
because I didn't realize it was a two day test. It's a two day test. And just feeling like everything I've learned is going to like leak out of my brain between today and tomorrow. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just, I need to keep it all in here for the, for these two days so I can take this test and pass it. I was like, that sounds stressful. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, is that the test that most people will get like a hotel room or something so that they don't have to Maybe, I, you know, I don't know. His wife did ask him if he wanted to do that. And they didn't live far from where he was going to take the test. But she thought if you could just go and do it and then go somewhere. But he said that he wanted to just be home. But I could definitely see that. Yeah. Since it's two days. It may be the medical test. I don't know. I I do insurance. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I don't even have to, like, do continuing education unless I want to. So mm. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this was not encouraging me to... <laughs> no, no. Like, I miss school, but I don't... Maybe what I miss is undergrad, since I don't know what, like... I mean, I did start graduate school for... Because um, I really thought that I wanted to be a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, something. Right. And then was like, oh, no, I don't. <laughs> um, no. But, like, it's this... I, even that, I could see how that's... It, it, even the... I think I do one semester or two. I think I did the year. But, like... That's a lot, like with working full time and even without working full time, it just it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it it really is. I uh, I had a friend who like, it, you know, was fortunate enough to have enough money that she could go to grad school. She didn't have to work. She mm-hmm. didn't have to work in undergrad. And like she disappeared for a little while, like mm-hmm. online and stuff. She just was mm-hmm. so introverted. It happened. She, you know, we were kind of used to her doing that. Um, and then like. Part of me wants to say almost a year later, I finally, like, got a hold of her online. Uh, Like, this is a friend that would, like, put her phone in the freezer and not realize it for months. Like, she's, like, that kind of introverted. And um, she ended up dropping out because it was just too much. Mm. So, and not in this fashion. I mean, the way that this woman, she breaks all the beakers in the lab. Yep. And the main character has no name. Yeah, oh, God, it had to feel good. Yeah. Which, but I think she even says, like, it, as good as it felt, like, it felt so much worse almost immediately after. Yeah. And. Yeah. 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 And then also to having to tell her parents. Oh, my God. And everyone's like, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, just let them know. Just tell them. I think Eric encourages her to. And she tells her mom. And her mom is promptly like, don't call me again. Don't come home. Who do you think you are? How could you? You are. You need. You're nothing without this degree. And then starts banging the phone on the counter. And here's where I also didn't like Eric because as as her mom is just banging the phone on the counter, he comes over and he's like, "What's going on?" And she lets him know, and he's like, "Oh." And then he leaves. Yeah. No. What? 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 Who are also okay? I also remembered another reason I didn't like him. Um, Our narrator. She can't. Or she has to think about which one's left and which one's right when she's thinking in English. But she remembers it in Chinese just automatically. So she does like that finger trick where you hold up your finger so the left is forming an L and the right is forming a backwards L to remember which one is left when she's thinking about it in English. And Eric will often ask for that mug to the left just to like see her do it. And I was like, I don't like you. No. (laughs) Because the fuck? Like it doesn't... I mean, Christ, I'm a native, you know, American speaker. American. I am a native English speaker. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? This is what happens when I'm, like, dividing my attention. Jesus Christ. Um, 
<laughs> and I still don't know my left and my right well enough that, like, <laughs> I have to make the L. And this is including, like, my left arm is scarred, my right arm has a tattoo, and yet I still have to make the L. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did get that right. Okay. <laughs> to make the L again. Uh, good God, Megan. Um, so, yeah, like, no, I agree. Eric is a great starter boyfriend but she was very much she needed to let him go the fact that Mm -hmm. like i don't know i i am not married i am not in any kind of serious relationship but if someone sprung a marriage proposal on me like they clearly hadn't talked about it and it's just like why would you do that but I, this is what I don't like. I don't really understand the surprise sur- uh, proposals because Chris and I definitely talked about it. We picked out like because he had an engagement. He wanted an engagement ring too, so he had one. But we picked those out together, and then there was something that he wanted to do to like officially propose. So like I knew it was coming. Yeah, how he did it was a surprise, but the fact that he did it was not a surprise. Right. And, we, we both knew what the answer was going to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, why spend that much money on something, mm-hmm. you know, I guess if you're cocky enough to assume that you know the answer, but... but then how do you know the ring is going to fit? I've never oh, understood that. that how no. do you know the ring's going to no. fit if you don't know their ring size? And how do you get that <laughs> without... Exactly. ...being obvious? <laughs> like, it just... Especially, like, if your partner doesn't wear a lot of rings, so it's not like you can... It's another thing. You know, take one of their rings to have it. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have one for that finger. Yeah. Before my engagement ring. <laughs> it's just... I don't know. As someone, like... Yeah. I like surprises. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't. Maybe this is just what I realized. <laughs> maybe I just don't. It maybe just, you it don't. Seems... Definitely not with, like, big life things. Yeah, it just it seems illogical to me, like... Yeah. Like, clearly, I don't know. Maybe he did talk to the best friend, but it di- I didn't get that feeling. I didn't know. I didn't get that either. And plus, like, I feel like, so he's he's graduated and he's looking for academic jobs. And when you look for an academic job, you kind of got to go where that job is. Right. So he was looking at schools in um, in Ohio. So, again, they're in Boston. They're in Massachusetts. So... He does ask her to go with him, but she's still in. Oh, I assume that he asked her before the Beaker incident, but like she's in grad school. She, what are you thinking is going to happen with her career, with her education, and then her career? Right, you're not. No, you're thinking about yours only. Yeah, like it's something that you have to discuss. Like I have mm-hmm. friends that uh, I have a friend that got married that. She lives in New York. He's in Boston because mm. I think he's still in grad school or something. I don't know. And, like, I don't think it's changing anytime soon. Like, mm-hmm. they both have to get whatever they're working on done first. Right. And he didn't – she maybe didn't explain it super well. But I got what she meant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, she didn't want to be congratulated for just getting married. Because – and I – no, I mean, I'm married. No shame. Like, no no shade to anyone who's married. Anyone can go get married. Not anyone can be a chem... Like, create these things, publish these papers. Like, she wanted to have her own achievements in this field. 
and have her own successes. And he, I, I, I don't think he recognized that. I mean, he clearly had his own successes, his own drive and had been doing really well. I don't know why he didn't seem to realize or want to realize why that's also important to her. Yeah, I don't think he cared. Like, yeah, I think he kind of not wanted a housewife, but like didn't want someone as smart as him. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe they clearly never talked about it. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, or maybe he also... Maybe he was also looking at it like, oh, she's been doing, working on whatever this was for so long. It's not coming along. Right. This could kind of be a way for her to sort of start over. But he did not ask her if she wanted to start yeah. over. I mean, breaking the beakers, getting that month, that medical leave. And then she did eventually get a letter from the school saying this is now a permanent separation. We wish you well. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, but he did not ask her what she wanted to do. No. No. And I get, I don't know, I just feel like it's something about our generation that, like, that's the your late 20s, mid-20s. I don't know, like, the American dream has changed. And it's changed a few times since, like, the American dream was the American dream. And a lot of us grew up, you know, the economy dropped out while I was in college mm-hmm. and, and I assume the same for you. And it's it, right after yeah. basically it's, it's <laughs> yeah. you know, terrifying. Like they talk about how there's more PhD scientists than there are jobs for that. And, you know, when mm-hmm. I was in college, I planned to go to law school. And mm-hmm. then I was reading stories about lawyers that had been doing this, that getting jobs as Walmart greeters because there were too many lawyers in this world or in this country, and it's like taking away the over, um, I was to say oversaturated parents, the overbearing parents. You still, there's still like so much room for anxiety, mm-hmm. and adding on top of that, like you, she clearly doesn't know herself at all because right. you know. She's debating if she still likes chemistry. And I mean, she, mm-hmm. I think she likes chemistry. I just don't think it's something she wants to do. And right. Which is okay. You can still, you can like something yeah. and not, that not be your career. If the aspects of it that you like aren't what would make a career. Exactly. <laughs> but if you talk to her parents, it's no, this, why wouldn't you be trying to, why wouldn't you finish this? Yeah. Um, I hope she becomes a teacher. Yeah, because she starts tutoring students, um, and she seems to enjoy it. She seems to do well. Yeah. Because kids, the students do well. Um, and they still talk to her, so they're like... Right. She's got to be doing something. But, and I don't... She doesn't mention the tutoring to her parents when she's... Or I know she talks to her mom. I can't remember if she tells her dad that she quit, she was quitting the program when her mom starts banging the phone. But I don't think she mentions the tutoring. No. And then a few days later, she just calls and says, you caught me on a bad day. I'm going to finish. Yeah. And they think this whole time that she's still working on it. Actually, when the book ends, they still think that she's working yeah. on it. But she does decide towards the end that she's going to come up with a plan, maybe the teaching, but she's going to come up with a plan. And then once she has the plan of what she wants to do, then she's going to tell them, I'm not finishing the PhD program. This is what I'm doing. 
here it all is. Yeah. And accept me for it, and that's okay. Right. It would be really nice, though, if she could, if she had that, the type of parents where she could, because this, that, this is a big deal. I mean, she excelled in chemistry in high school. This was going to be her career. Like, you go through all this schooling and all this work and research and everything, and then to just not want to do it anymore has got to be kind of a bit of a crisis. Yeah. But it's not something she can talk to her parents about. I have, I have a friend that did that. He got his degree in music and... Now he, um, well, now he's a photographer. I think he still works with dogs, but like the between college and what he does now, um, he helped train dogs that you could, that people with kids that have special needs, you know, would adopt. And Mm -hmm. it was just like, I remember watching or like, you know, watching him from afar and like being like, this is what, you know, he got this degree and this is immediately like he did not want to use it i think it's a music mm-hmm. education degree and uh i don't know it's fascinating and he's really excelled at what he wants to do and you know he had the the lucky he's got a mom that really believes in him and is really supportive um yeah. and that's a really hard thing to let go is like you know your parents even if it is disappointing them or or just realizing that they're toxic in some way because yeah i i there's overbearing parents and there's parents that want you to do well. And then there's toxic. And I think her parents are actually toxic. Yes. Cause when she, t- we get more about her mom, but we do hear some about her dad and her dad um, was basically like every second you're not learning, you're wasting time. So yeah, just such a mess. why do you want to go to this school dance? Why do you want to do this other thing? Like it's, uh, no wonder she can't communicate well and doesn't understand right. like basic humor right. like, or puns. Oh, you want to play? Like wire your dollhouse. Like give that electricity and do this. God. And if you don't, if you can't figure this out, God, how stupid are you? And yes, that's her dad. And then you got her mom who tells her she's not beautiful because uh, beauty is fading. So I kind of like I feel like the mom was trying to get her to not rely on her looks, which valid okay yeah. you want your kid you want your kid to rely on their smarts and their intelligence but there's a different way you could have done that exactly <laughs> so yeah. be like you're just you're not pretty yeah um her mom who this so we get to see our narrators kind of rediscovering things and, and relating things from her past to her present about so the one that struck me was when she re- figures out why like doing fun things is a hard time for her or causes kind of not anxiety, but causes a little bit of like freaking out uh, because her mom would like take her to amusement parks and get her all this candy and food and stuff. And then she would go home, but the mom wouldn't get out of the car. She'd have the kit. She'd drop, basically drop the narrator off and then she would leave and she'd be gone for like a week. It was like her. Yeah. I still I, don't get it. Like I thought it was like, did she, was, she, was this like a farewell before she said goodbye to her dad or was it like a punishment for the I narrator? I like it was like a, I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. But then she came back. Yeah. It, and then did it again, however much later. Yeah. Like to the point that the narrator goes to Six Flags with Eric and like mm-hmm. ends up like having, throwing up from like an anxiety mm-hmm. attack. And yeah. Yeah. Therapy was the best thing for that narrator. And I think yes. this is a great argument for why everybody should at least at some point 
in your life or mm-hmm. big moments in your life, get a therapist. So mm-hmm. you have someone that you could talk to that's not generally influenced by your decisions or, you know, you could talk things out with your therapist. If you decide to do one thing or decide to do the other, it's not going to affect the therapist mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. So. Um. And like, I know, so Chris and I didn't do it because we didn't get married in the Catholic church, but I know they have those classes that you're supposed to do as a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do like premarital counseling, but I remember reading on, it was a practical wedding, which I still love that blog. <laughs> um, they had like a list of questions, things that you should talk to, your fiance about before you like your before you decide that yes i'm gonna tie myself to you legally forever now <laughs> and i remember we ran through those questions and that's when i realized like chris really did not want a dog and i got so upset and i, and I did not realize how much i wanted a dog because we were living in an apartment where we couldn't have any pets okay um he grew up as a cat person and that's what he would wanted and he really did not want a dog didn't want to deal with walking a dog and i that I got really upset because I apparently really wanted a dog. Apparently. <laughs> Clearly we compromised. <laughs> you did. You got the best, yeah. one of the best dogs. Um, we were also super sure we were having kids. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. I wanted three. He wanted two. I came down to two. He went down to one. And then I was like, yeah, I came down to one. And then we both were like, mm, maybe none. And now none. Yeah. No, I liked <laughs> so that was a progression for us. I do like her argument about uh, kids because she's an only child and Mm -hmm. Eric was an only child and like my mother's Mm -hmm. an only child and I see her not really struggling, but like it gets really stressful because, you know, your parents age and, Mm. and the idea that like if both of them get sick because her parents are divorced and her mom's an hour and a half away from her and her dad's in Idaho. So it's like, you know. If something happens to him, what is she going to do? But Mm -hmm. so the arguments of like, we're both only kids. That's four parents. Four parents get sick at the same time. Like, what are we going to do? And how it led to her discussion of kids of like, if I have to have kids, I'm going to have two. And I don't want two kids. Yeah. And I was like, no, I feel this in my bones. Like, this is how I've always (laughs) felt. Where it's like, sure, if I'm doing it, I'm having multiple kids mm-hmm. and I think her parents kind of I, her parents didn't have a great marriage so right I think they could have benefited from having a second child because they would have relaxed their parenting style maybe or maybe not I don't know maybe I don't know yeah, they were <laughs> quite toxic but it would Ooh, not have helped know. their marriage their marriage is yeah. awful yeah but I think maybe Eric and our narrator could have communicated more about certain things yes, like, before a proposal. Yeah. And the fact that he still keeps, like, pushing it. Yeah. He cannot let it go. Right. Which, from his standpoint, I get it. She's not quite giving him any kind of answer. But if someone is dragging their feet that much. That's your answer. Yeah. And some <laughs> people just don't want to get married. Yeah. And also, it's okay if they don't want to hold your hand. Like, stop whining, Eric. Like, I just... Versus, so, Eric does end up getting a job in Ohio, and then he ends up leaving. And actually, he ends up saying to her, basically, maybe some time apart would be good. Um, And they don't really talk. Like, basically, they're broken up. And 
she eventually starts seeing her math student who eventually is like, I can't be your student anymore. Um, but the thing I liked about him was there's a, um, I think they go bowling together and then he asks her about doing something and she's just like, uh, shoveling my driveway. And he shows up fully like winter coat, snow pants. Got, he is ready to shovel. He's got some salt to throw down. Um, he is in it. And then a little while later, he asks her what her favorite, um, like flowers are. (laughs) And she says she doesn't like roses, nothing too, like, ornate, um, doesn't like the big arrangements, nothing too cluttered, perfect looking. So then she gets a delivery of potted grass. <laughs> that poor delivery was, boy is just like... I know, who's just like, uh, I have some grass for you. Like, but she thought it was great. And I was like, oh, because math student listens. Yes. <laughs> Eric would have gotten her a super ornate three dozen roses type of thing. Yeah. Because it's, <laughs> it's what he likes. I think I realized that they were, like, starting to go towards that route, like, maybe a, a few minutes before it, like, really started to lean into it. But I really, really like their courtship. I mean, mm-hmm. I assume they're still together, like, at the end of the book. Um, but it's it's a very slow progression, and it's not... He doesn't push her. Yes, because don't push. Yeah, he just... <laughs> Eric. He, they like to talk about things and they, you know, listen and... and But it goes both ways. Like, she's never jealous of the girl that he likes originally, but mm-hmm. she clearly likes him. I don't know. It's a very weird courtship that I truly appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why at the end, I, for the first time, I was like, did she just ask him to come back? I had to reread that, too, because the very last paragraph is because th- uh, throughout the, you know, after Eric leaves, there's a lot of her saying, I'm going to write him an email. Or if this happens, I'm going to send him an email. I'm going to call him. I'm gonna do, and she doesn't. And then at the end, she's finally going to write him a quick note asking him if he would ever consider coming back and like hanging out just as friends. Yeah. And then you turn the page and that's it. Yeah. That is the last thing. And I had to go back and be like, wait a minute. Did we say just as friends? Because do not get back together. Yeah, exactly. I was like, wait, <laughs> we just had this great. It's not a buildup. Like, I don't know how it's, it just is so organic and natural mm-hmm. feeling. And like, she asks her best friend, like, what do we think about him? And she's like, mm-hmm. he makes great train sounds. And it's like, yeah, you know, he's playing it's... with her kid at that point. And... and there's no discussion of like, yeah. she's decided maybe she would give marriage a try or anything like that. Like, it's just nothing about her changes. It's just a new guy. Mm-hmm. But it's at peace, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was yeah. at first I was like, did she just ask Eric to come back? Like, because no, she misses him. Stay in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why I am a firm believer of you delete numbers and you delete emails <laughs> and you block people yeah. and you block things so that like if you want to send that email, you don't because you can't. Right. Right. So. Or you have to like fi- work very hard to do it. Oh, yeah. And then in because you got to re- you got to find all that stuff again. And then maybe by the time you find that info, you're like, no, nah, I'm not sending this. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. there comes a day, because they do, like, she calls him in the beginning, mm-hmm. and... It's a drunk dial. And then she's, like, responding to emails, because they are emailing back and forth quite a bit, 
and then it finally like it does get less and less mm-hmm. and it is he sends her that birthday card towards the end yeah which just... oh and she looks she checks like the university website or something or no yeah maybe some, somewhere she sees a picture of him with another woman and she finds like she does what pretty much all of us would do who is this woman she looks her up she finds that she's also another i think faculty member at the same place she's had a million so many publications uh pub, or so many papers published that when you have when she's going down the website's list of them there's a next button <laughs> and she's like and i don't click next and i close the browser and then i go back and reopen the browser and find it and click next yep, yep i've been there Relatable. I've been there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. I, um, I'm a great backseat relationship person. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm telling you all the things you're doing wrong. Right. Look, let's just not do acknowledge. Do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. Or have done. All of us have done. Yes. <laughs> I did. Um, I liked her relationship with her best friend. Yes. Um, her best friend is a doctor in Manhattan. Her husband is a businessman. They're very successful. And they end up having a baby. And he basically turns into a cliche and starts sleeping with his secretary. At least it's not the nanny. I mean, that's true, because they did get a nanny, and she was worried about that. Yeah. Um, and they separate. And then there's one part where the best friend and the baby come to stay with our narrator for a couple days, and they end up watching... Stuff like Mad Max, like they want that like action stuff, nothing sappy. And then they nickname the baby the destroyer of small things. <laughs> he did enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, she was a great um, foil for our main character. Um, I mean, first of all, so the main character is a very, like her mindset is very interesting. And there's never a point where like they fight about this. Where, like, maybe the, the she's getting obsessive and she does make enough time for her best friend when things get bad. And it's mm-hmm. a very great friendship. I'm very, very excited about yes. that. Um, and where it doesn't, like, cha- I mean, it changes. It has to change. But it doesn't become less when she has the baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy for people to lose touch with friends who maybe aren't parents because they don't have the same type of demands. Yeah. And plus, you have a baby now. you got, you got a lot more demands on your hand, hands there. But I like that it they stayed close. I did, too. Um, especially because, like, they've been friends, I think, since third grade. And um, I don't know. I, I still keep in touch with one of my oldest friends, and he's got a kid now. And it's still... Mm-hmm. It's just nice to know that all we do is text. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't know. It's nice to know that I can text him and that he's going to respond and it's comforting in a way. Like we don't yeah. talk about the big stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like it's not like these two friends here, but it's just like, I don't know. I can text him something and usually it's like, let me show you this actor in this thing that I'm watching. Isn't he really hot? <laughs> and it's like, what are you watching kind of thing? And uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, a good pillar to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the best friend ends up staying with the husband. and Yes, they go to counseling. Uh, I did like her description of that, too, because she says when the 
when they first first go like so she basically when she was staying with the narrator she tells the husband to vanish like get out yes. get out of the apartment or the house or whatever just get out and he does and then the phone calls come and the I'm sorry's and the our child and the blah 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 and I didn't think about this when I started fucking my secretary whatever <laughs> starts um, we got a so lot of patience degree- for cheaters here <laughs> Yeah, as you could do what was yeah, it was difficult women yes. where we were complaining about people cheating. We're just like it's not we that just hard. Did guys. This. Um so when she first goes to counseling and she first sees him, I wanna say it was described as if the room was just on fire. Like just she's seeing flames, which then made me think of Clue and the flames on the side of my face, <laughs> which is the best part of Clue. Yes, it is. And it was like just so like yeah that makes total sense this description right here yes and then it, it lessens over time and it's yes. smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. you know they want to give it a shot and that's perfectly yep. fine yep and then they do our narrator hosts a dinner party which is when the best friend says that he makes good good train sounds <laughs> Um, there's a discussion during that that I didn't quite understand where she's so it's a dinner party and it's also the child's first birthday and she says don't call them toys call them friends oh yeah and because yeah. she's she knows or she's learning and I was like did I miss something but they, or but they're toys yeah also she's throwing her friends across <laughs> the room and against the wall yeah like I don't <laughs> quite get what they were talking about there but yeah. uh but i love this child this child is the destroyer yeah yeah and they talk about how like i mean part of the reason they just they don't you know this he, she doesn't want to take the dad away from the child and like then the mm-hmm. child lets out this scream of what turns out to be laughter because the dad's like yeah. touching his nose and i was like oh yeah. i remember those days <laughs> <laughs> Or just the most ridiculous things can make kids laugh. Yep. Simple and ridiculous. Yes. Where they like playing with Tupperware and not all the toys in the other room. Yes. Kids are weird. Kids are so weird. Yeah. <laughs> We're never having them in this place. <laughs> nope. But I will buy those toys yes. for other people's kids that they then won't play with and will want to play with the Tupperware. <laughs> yes. It's so depressing when kids, like teenagers, teenagers are so depressing. Like, what do you buy them? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what the hell I'm getting for my... Fo- so, for the 19-year-old, I was like, you're in college, you're broke. Maybe money. Yeah. 14-year-old, I guess money, because I've given up trying to get him to read. That whole crusade uh, yeah, is just I, not same, happening. Same. So, I guess money. I don't know. Xbox gift card yes. thing for... See, that's what I did for my brother for the... Like, because I used to do books... Mm-hmm. And I was like, fine, you guys aren't going to read what I'm going to get you. And you don't understand the, or appreciate a signed copy of a book. But that's fine. Whatever. Um, and so, Maybe they will when they're older. <laughs> I, maybe. Who knows? And so I did the virtual reality goggles one year. But yeah, most time it's like I get my brother a gift card for Xbox. So mm-hmm. this year he's getting socks because he's gotten into like really weird socks. Okay. Like he got pizza socks with pizza slices all over them when we went to Boston mm-hmm. and then he got something else when we went to Philly this year and I was like okay fine so I got him I think I got him Star Wars socks nice I, don't, I was buying these and my best friend was behind me and he was like 
I also never have socks. I was like, great. So I got a pair of Harry Potter and I got a pair of Star Wars and I can't remember who I got for which one. So I'm going to have to text Josh and be like, which one did you want? So. Yes. My sister got me the 12 days of socks from Harry Potter. They're like different. I'm sure I'll post pictures once I break into it. Yes. Um, but one year for the 19 year old's birthday, was he 10? No. He might have been 10. Yeah. Chris and I have been together forever. Um <laughs> I can't remember what he was doing or what he was saying, but it made us say, you know what? For your birthday, you're getting socks. You're not getting any toys. You're not getting anything fun. We're going to get you socks. And then he forgot. And he had his party at um, Nomads, like a like a, an a, a older kid, Chuck E. Cheese type of thing with okay. video games, playscapes, stuff like that. Laser tag. Nice. And when he opened up his gift, we have a video of, of it. I'm sure if I can find, if I remember Gosh. next November, because it's too hard to find, <laughs> I will share it. Um, so we have a recording of him opening up his presents and it was just a bunch of plain white socks that we had put in a gift bag. That is amazing. <laughs> his reaction when he saw it was like, no. Like, it's so good. That is amazing. His real present was in the trunk of our car. Oh, okay. but I was like, nope, this is what you have for all your friends to see. That is amazing. <laughs> How embarrassing. Oh, uh, so funny. And then we gave him his real present after, like on the way out. Yes. Like, okay, you can, I don't remember what the real present was. It was, it was a toy. It was something fun. Of course. <laughs> oh, so one thing I did really like about the book was where her therapist points out, you're only remembering the bad stuff. And she was like, uh, yeah, that, that, that was my childhood. <laughs> um, but then towards the end, she starts to remember some maybe more positive stuff. Like, um, how her dad to prevent car sickness he was always like look out far for the green stuff like to, for the green and she would get that advice from other people but they wouldn't phrase it that way they would just say look in the distance and then she realized that where he grew up he was surrounded by green on all sides so he's thinking of home so it's kind of a nice yeah. thing um i also really liked how her and her mom both liked the movie stepmom yes I watch that movie every time it's on. <laughs> I do too. It's so depressing, but it's so wonderful. I was like, why? The, the daughter in that movie, because I've always loved my stepmom. I was like, why are you being such a little bitch? Yeah. <laughs> she got on my nerves so much. Yeah. that Yeah. But the the uh, proposal scene in that is very good. Yes. And that gets talked about in the book. And I was like, yeah, that's, I like them. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and how her mom will come out of the, like, out of the room. Like, she'll watch it and she'll just come out declaring it's allergy season. She has tissues. She's not crying. It's just allergy season. <laughs> um, and I thought there was somewhere, I could not find it. I thought there was somewhere in the book where our narrator is is somewhere. And she gives them the name Joy. Does that sound familiar to you? Yes. Like- so she, is it Starbucks? And she had a habit of giving the name Eric at Starbucks. And the barista's like, are you really Eric? And she's like, yes, no. And then she gives them math boy's name. And then she gives them Joy. Which Joy is her mother's American name that she chose for herself. (laughs) Which I forgot about. (laughs) Yes. Until I was flipping through and I was like, "So so I think maybe some similarities that I was seeing more between her and her mom, like that and the stepmom thing, like common ground type of thing uh-huh. um, that I thought was just of note. Like, I don't know. I've always wondered if sometimes me and my mom had 
issues before because we're similar in certain ways. Yeah. And if that's what caused us to butt heads, um, her parents are totally way too. Yeah, they're. I mean, toxic over like pressure and stuff. But I just thought I was wondering if that maybe had something to do with it too. Yeah, parents' relationships with parents are so complicated. Yeah. And, and then I don't doubt that her parents truly, at their core, have her best interest at heart. They just are their definition yes. of best interest, and they're not willing to see outside of that but then they buy a house and it's 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 really for her it's important they they say it's the mom will say it's important to your dad that you have a house and then the dad would say it's important to your mom that you have a house it's important to both of them that they have something to leave her somewhere for her to come home to type of thing um also like too there's a part towards the end where she remembers when her mom goes to China one year, she sends her a box of like all of her favorite childhood sweets. Like that's a nice thing. Like yeah. clearly her mom was like paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> like her parents are not. Yeah. I, I think it just as they have a set definition of what she should be doing. And, and they both had it hard for, you know, different reasons and different things that they handled. And so I get why they look right. at her and they're like, your life's not complicated. Why are you being like this? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, because you're making it complicated. Like, right. <laughs> like, yeah, you might be the first person in your family to graduate high school or blah, 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 blah. But like, also, do you realize like, that means that your parents didn't look at you and expect these things. It's a different kind of stress. Mm hmm. And I think she's on definitely on the road to moving forward on it. Yes, because I think like we I feel like that's when we get to see those slightly more positive aspects of her parents is kind of because there there had to be some good times, right? As we saw, you know, um, or some good times between her parents, like when her dad buys gets her gives her mom a ring, like an actual yes. ring. Um, it's our narrator's like going to college. So this is many years after they've already after they've moved to the U.S. and he makes her a ring out of all these different metals. He calibrates them himself. He melts them down and crafts this thing. And it's maybe the only time that the narrator sees her mom at a loss for words. Yeah. Oh. They do love each other, no matter how yeah. insane they are. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that Eric is the only character whose name we get. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if it's because he's the catalyst that kind of causes the whole story to explode. Mm-hmm. Like, would she have continued on just fine with her chemistry, even though she wasn't being successful even to edit, even though she wasn't motivated or driven? But was the proposal the thing that kind of sets her off inside that leads to all of this? Um, yeah. yeah. I was trying to... Or if... 
because I was originally thinking maybe it's because he was that important to her. She just couldn't bring herself to like say it and commit the way he wanted yeah. her to. But then I also realized the, we do get some other names, but it's actual scientists or actual. So it's like, is it because she sees him as an actual scientist because he's been successful? Oh, like maybe. we don't get her best friend's name. We don't get her name. No. Not that we would really get her parents' name. We don't get her therapist's name. She always calls her the shrink. We get her mom's english name but she doesn't right. ever joy. call her that or anything it's right just like or what was her in passing right or what was the name she was given at birth we don't get that right so but we do get like madame curie we get like the scientist's name so yeah a lot of respect I for maybe that was why madame like because she sees him as a scientist i like that i think that's a good theory But yeah, it is weird. Like, I don't know. I kind of expected the second boyfriend's name. Uh, Yeah, it is. I thought eventually, but then. We never get his name. We don't. (laughs) Like, I think she still calls him math students. Yes. Even though he stops being her student and it's because he wants to date her. Yeah. We We don't get the dog's name either. No, we don't. We get it's a Labradoodle. Um, Right. And... We also don't get, like, it's implied that Eric is American white, you know. I think mm-hmm. it, it, South, there's South, uh, North Carolina is where he's from. Um, like, somewhere in that area. But it's never specifically stated, mm-hmm. nor is it stated, like, what the second boyfriend is. Um, I think it is mentioned that the best friend is also Chinese. But I could be wrong. Oh, really? I think I'm wrong. I think maybe I just assumed it. I remember she had, she said she had a college roommate who was Chinese who called her parents every weekend. And then that her college roommate cried for two hours every Sunday. Because right. she called her parents every Sunday. Right. And the pressure. Okay, maybe the best friend's not. Maybe that was just me adding. Um, yeah, there's a lot of talk about... Chinese parents like the study in it where she talks about how um, X amount of uh, Chinese children called their parents and said I love you and the reaction is just most of them right off the bat were like are you drunk are you in trouble are you pregnant pregnant?" (laughs) which I think if I just like randomly called my mom and (laughs) said hey mom I love you She'd also be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> but uh, when you say the second time, they're still stoic. And, you know, I think one mom was like, this is the happiest day of my life in the most stoic monotone voice. Yeah. And uh, my mother would not do that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Or two, when our narrator gets into this university she tells her dad he's chopping radishes. He stops, shakes her hand, goes right back to chopping the radishes. And that's it. Yeah. He's like, don't try. Don't say sorry. And like, don't boast was the other thing. Yes. yes. I mean, did she go to Harvard for her undergrad? She went to the best American school, I think is what it said. Or the number I, one. Yeah, the college isn't named. Yeah. In the book, but because the author went to Harvard, I was like, it's Harvard. Yeah, I was like, I think it's Harvard, and I think grad school is Boston University, even though it's, yeah. like, 
not said, but that's where she went. Yeah, yeah I was I was really curious how much of this was autobiographical, and I'm very glad yeah. it's it's not like yeah, like I don't doubt that her parents are probably strict on her, um, and you know that some of this some of this anxiety is very is something that she feels. But also, mm. I'm really glad she doesn't have this toxic appearance. Yeah. Or Eric. Or Eric, yes. <laughs> Although she is, she does have an American husband. So I was like, is this going to end in a wedding? Uh, I'm glad it did not. <laughs> not to Eric. Not to Eric, especially. God damn it. <laughs> He's just, it's an interesting, it's because he doesn't listen. He just wants right. to implement his personality onto her and i think he doesn't want to deal with the complicated because her relationship with her parents is complicated yeah and it has also affected how she relates to other people and other things in her life as an adult so that's complicated yeah. i feel like he just doesn't want to do the work of understanding Not at all. why are you in a relationship then but all right <laughs> Yeah. You don't want to try to understand your partner. Okay. <laughs> I I truly, I, I have a few friends that have had amazing relationships with their parents that I could see acting like this. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to kind of text a few of them to be like, what's your reaction to this? Um, but it's still like, I guess this is why I was a little bit more for, forgiving of Eric at first. Uh, Because it took me a lot longer before I was like, no, I actually don't like you. (laughs) I was trying. I was like, maybe he'll support her, be like a good support when she's, but the Beatles thing, I was like, why are you trying to change her? I'm not going to like you. Yeah. Music's important to him. And just because it's not important to her, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, she doesn't have to like everything you like or have the same exact um, hobbies and interests. Yeah. Like, your partner doesn't need to be a clone of you. That's what makes people interesting. Yeah. Uh, the million dollar lottery question. That <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had that conversation. I've been Eric in that conversation. <laughs> but I also, like, felt her sincerity where she's like... I would invest it. And it's like, this is how I was raised. You don't needlessly spend money. And also, like, who's really going to sit down and just read all day? Like, it's not going to happen. Right. It'd be maybe nice for the first day, maybe a couple of days, if things have been crazy leading up to it. But then eventually you're going to want to do some other stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Figure out how to work without actually working. This is the thing about yeah. retirement that I'm like, everybody's looking forward to retirement. And I'm like, but why? Like, what would you do with all that time? My mom is ready. <laughs> no, I get it. I'm like, I'm not trying to say like, yeah. it's a bad, I just don't, I feel- it's something that I've never truly understood. It's like, and and my grandparents, I've got grandparents that are retired and, <laughs> And, like, they, you know, got part-time jobs or they've done, like, my grandmother was an online teacher for a while. My mm-hmm. grandfather taught English as a second language. They do things and, and, and right. you know, tinker about it. But I'm just still, like, 
My mom has always had like a house project. Like she's got the, well, she doesn't have the garden this year because something ate everything like last year. And she was like, I'm not doing this again. Oh, no. <laughs> but she'll definitely have stuff like that when she's retired, like a project or, you know, something that yeah. she's doing. You know, but she won't just be sitting around all day. Yeah, I mean, that's the sign that, you know, if you're not doing or learning, your brain and body will stop. Like, it's it's Mm -hmm. the first sign, you know, something's something's starting to give. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I've just accepted that our generation is not going to retire. and (laughs) We're working forever. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. There's not going to be any social security left. Nope. Nope, there will not. In 30 years. There will not. <laughs> 30 plus years, whatever. Yeah. Or they have reached the age of retirement to like 85. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's be great 50 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, nobody else has names, not even her lab partner. That confused me for a bit. Because right. I think she talked about like her lab partner and someone else's lab partner. And I was like, who are we talking yep. about? old roommate at first i was like wait are none of the women getting names because eric jumped out at me and then i realized oh no it's everyone except for eric and other scientists or i think amelia Earhart is mentioned yeah so real people people who she yeah and people she who she sees as having accomplished something yeah yeah it is an interesting choice yeah and maybe it's to help someone feel more like this book is written for them. Kind of thing. Yeah. So overall, I did like it. I liked that it was more, it was, it was not just about, oh, should I say yes to my boyfriend's marriage yes. proposal? There was way more to it about family relationships, uh, knowing yourself, friendships. Um, what did, what do you do when your career plans kind of, don't go the way at all that yeah. you planned. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this is definitely a, a book that is an argument for making sure you know who you are before you, you know, make life decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely not just about, thank God, about uh, whether or not I should say yes to my boyfriend. Yeah. And no, you should not. Yeah. <laughs> In this instance. And like, yeah, if you're going to say no multiple times, and if at one point you're like, can we just be partners forever? It's time to realize that maybe you and your boyfriend are not meant to be, and that is okay. Right. You can still miss him and be sad. Yes. But. But Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was, yeah. Eric definitely was a misstep. Yeah. Well, maybe she'll learn from that. You know, if you could learn something from it. It's true. And not get back together with him. Yes, please don't. (laughs) I don't need chemistry, too. I'm back together with Eric. I don't need that bad idea. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm definitely going to add her to my authors to watch. Mm -hmm. Because I think everything else she's written is, like, short stories for other publications. But, yeah. uh, No, I definitely appreciated this book yeah did anything jump out at you for a book drink uh no not really and uh i drank dr pepper while reading it so (laughs) it was not anything exciting (laughs) uh um 
I thought gin and tonic because gin was one of the first things she, that we see her bringing home oh, yeah. after the beakers and the give it being put on the medical leave. So I thought gin and tonic or gin and Sprite. Gin and Sprite sounds oh, really nice. good. Something yeah. to mask the gin flavor just a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, I think that really works. Although don't drink the whole bottle. <clears throat> right. Right, right, right. What is it? Three square <laughs> meals and a wine with oh, each yeah. or something. Yep. I did enjoy yep. that. Mm-hmm. He's trying to tell her three square meals a day and one glass of wine occasionally. And yes, she's. Because he's going out of town, yeah. I think, for an interview. Yes. Yeah. And she does not pay. She's not paying attention at all. No. No, no. Or she does, but then she's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. I heard you. I just don't care yeah. what you said. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure which I'm one it is, me. actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing me right now, and that's it. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Maybe a a book food because there's a lot of eggplant in this book too. Yeah. I don't particularly care for eggplant. It makes my mouth feel fuzzy. It's weird. I feel like I liked it when I had it before and then I was like, yeah, let me try getting an eggplant parm sandwich instead of chicken. And was like, mm, I should have gotten the chicken. Yep. It was fine, but I was just like, I don't like this enough to nope. do this again. <laughs> nope. There are things that you do that you're like, hey, I'm doing this because this is a healthier choice. And look how great I am. And it tastes wonderful. And then there's the ones where you're like, no, this is not. This is. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is what health food tastes like. And I'm not here for it. <sighs> no. Do you know what you're reading next? I do. <laughs> I'm so ashamed about it. Ugh. What? <laughs> so I decided to watch Outlander. Okay, yes. Because mm-hmm. seen that those posts. Yeah. Um <laughs> I recently rewatched The Spy Who Dumped Me and I one of my favorite Christmas movies is A Princess for Christmas with Katie McGrath and Sam um I can't even I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Um but basically, he's the lead in Outlander, and I was like, "Well, I adore this this actor, and yet I have never watched Outlander, which is like his biggest thing." It's <laughs> like, fine, I'll just I'll give it a try. I'll give it a few episodes, and I just it's I, my I don't know how to explain how I am right now. Like <laughs> the the like. I'm in the middle of season two and I'm like, I just missed the innocence of season one where there's like a rapes attempted like episode one, like just to kind of like, like it's such a, I've never actually watched it. It's such a fucking dark show. Like it's a romance show, but it's also so dark. And so anyways, this is all leading up to me being like, fine, I'm just going to try reading the first book. (laughs) Okay. 850 pages. Ooh. And I'm reading it. I'm not going to do the audiobook. And, oh, man. And I don't know why I feel so, like, discouraged, but also I feel so just, like, <laughs> like <laughs> disappointed in myself. <laughs> and I have no idea why. Um, so, yeah, Outlander is next on my list. What about you? <laughs> I will be reading Michelle Obama's memoir, Becoming. Yay! That was one of my birthday presents. And I was honestly, I was like, if this is not one of my birthday presents, I'm going to the store immediately. Yes. (laughs) 
I just I purposely didn't buy it for myself while I was out doing stuff, getting stuff for my my mom, my stepdad, and my sister for our Christmas get together. So I was like, that's like the the one drawback of having a birthday in early December is I have to kind of put myself on lock from buying myself yep. stuff <laughs> just in case. <laughs> so, but that came from Chris, so Yay. I will be read that's next on my list. Oh yeah, yeah, that is. A, I've, I've not read it, but I've heard uh, excellent things. Yeah. And I've also heard some not excellent things, but that also just people are weird. Like, I don't know, the screaming matches that happened in the like book groups I met on Facebook about this book. And I'm just like, okay. Okay. So <laughs> those who actually read it say it's rather enjoyable. So okay, <laughs> I hope you enjoy it as well. Thank you. I'm sure that I will. <laughs> and, yeah. Just people are weird. Oh. And then, do we have anything else before I say what's coming up next? Um, so, we are in December. Um, yes. You'd want to. The year is almost over. It is. So, we should probably start talking about what we're going to do next year. Which I'm very excited about. Um, which I actually need to sit down and design and get out as well as our social media. Um, but yeah, we are going to change things up again. Um, we are going to post a reading challenge, a 2019 reading challenge for anybody that wants to uh, add one to their list. Or if you've never done a reading challenge, um, then this is a good one to start with. There will be, I think it's 27 books. Yep. And uh, so if you don't know what a reading challenge is, it's something to kind of guide your reading throughout the year. Um, there's some really great ones out there. The most basic kind is like Goodreads where it's like, how many books do you want to read this year? Um, but this podcast is always about expanding what we read. So we have put together our own reading challenge and uh, we'll be posting it for everybody else to follow too. So each week yeah. or each episode will have a theme um, and yeah, we will have some guests, not as many as we've had in the past, but it'll be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. I feel like this will definitely help me branch out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, like we have stuff on there, like maybe a book that was written in another language originally, not English, uh, something about a historical event or a book of poetry. Like I, it's going to be, Oh, that's going to be, be that's going to be a rough week. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe by then I'll I'll dig up some of my angsty teen poetry. No, nope, please. I, yeah, I will read it, but I will not read it out loud to there anyone or show anyone. I'll just read it in the same week. <laughs> I will see if I can find some of mine as well to read <laughs> to myself because I'm, I'm already cringing on the outside. <laughs> just thinking. Oh, I just had like this vivid flash of a, like a notebook. That was like the black paper with gel pens. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's got some angsty oh, poetry in it. I have no idea where it that's is. It's like, yep, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Know about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if uh, you already are doing a reading challenge, you're welcome to come observe ours or join in. But let us know what you're reading as well. And uh, maybe we'll add a section of other books and a hashtag or something, then we'll figure it out. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. So that'll start with um, 
our first episode in 2019. We do have one more this year. Mm-hmm. So. We have The Gunslinger coming up by Stephen King, and my husband Chris will be back for that Woo-hoo. one. He has been working on this book for some time. <laughs> He just like he got. I feel like he got distracted by Grady Hendrix at one point. That's <laughs> fair. down, read that. You know, like so he's been working. I'm like, you need to finish that because I have to read it. <laughs> we only have one copy in the house. Oh no! <laughs> I think he's almost done. I hope. I hope so too. <laughs> oh, I just looked to see if there it is. Apparently, very. Oh, that's right. The movie came out this year, didn't it? Was that this or year? Was that last? I don't know. This year's been no, so. No, that long. probably was this year's. Uh, that's not coming up quickly but i it, i think it was this year yeah i 2018 has been oh maybe 2017 that's true well the trail this trailer's from 2017 so maybe 2017 it was definitely i think it was 2017 i feel like it was like a summer movie maybe I don't know. Yes, 2017. July 31st, 2017 in the U.S. Okay. And I could swear that he was reading the book when the movie came out. <laughs> but I could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, hey. We, I mean, some books just, you know, just take you a while. Plus, it's Stephen King, so I'm sure it's wordy as all. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I am curious how many pages it is. Uh, I don't know. He said, he seemed to think it was a lot because I still have not finished Dracula. <laughs> He was like, you just need to give that book back because you still have to read The Gunslinger. So I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, especially with uh, reading Michelle Obama's book. You know what? Yeah. Maybe we try Dracula another time. Yeah. I've already renewed it twice. I mean, that's not a big deal. <laughs> okay, The Gunslinger has 231 pages. I don't know why it's taking him so long to read it. Maybe it's really tiny font. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Or it could just be not holding his interest the way Dracula. I mean, I was getting into Dracula because I got finally got past the point where it's no longer Jonathan's journals because okay, good. Dracula's gone and he he's by himself at the castle. Um, what's Lucy has accepted the proposal from the guy played by what's his name from the Princess Bride in the movie. Eh, that's where I'm at. <laughs> but there's oh, still so much left. <laughs> God bless Lucy. Uh, yeah yeah so that's a difficult one i'm looking at my copy i'll finish it at some maybe i will plan for the 24 and 48 in january oh god (laughs) okay so dracula is over 400 pages at least my copy is it's a lot so it's a lot and there's like footnotes and stuff which i was not expecting i mean it is now it's a literary (laughs) classic so they're gonna have yeah that's what you get yeah i uh Read Cersei actually between now or our last two episodes or last episode of this episode and um, mm-hmm. which I really recommend and I'm not even like a big Greek mythology person but it was so good mm. but now I'm like looking at my copy copy of the Odyssey <laughs> I just like <laughs> really combine that and I'm like I should try that again it's been forever and did I read that I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of classics where it's like, did I read this or do I just know it well enough from yeah. culture? Well, we do have one on our list for next year, classic lit that we have not read. So that could be a contender. That is going to be an interesting one. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I did that with, uh, I just did, we read the book with uh, Lois and Adam and we did The Great Gatsby, which I had never read. 
I've never read that. Actually, I gotta add that to my. I need to make a list for myself. That is what <laughs> Great Gatsby's yeah. going on it because I have not read it. It's uh, <laughs> it was surprising. I expected to hate it, and I didn't. Um, the movie. Did you see the movie? So their their whole premise of the their podcast is that you read the book and you watch the movie, mm-hmm. and you talk about the differences between the two and which one you liked more. So like, Jurassic Park is a classic, where the movie oh. is better than. The book. It's one of the few. Um, I thought the book. Was, wait. The book is great. Don't get me wrong. But the way that the book treats female characters versus how the movie treats female mm-hmm. characters is enough to tip it in my favor or tip it in the movie favor, in my opinion. Um, Have they done the Lost World and how so different the book is from the movie? I don't think so. I, I know they did Jurassic Park. I don't I, think they've done Lost World. I asked them to do a simple so favor too. Says so like just the two different. It's so different. Um, <laughs> I had a problem with Leonardo DiCaprio's Gatsby, oh. which I talked to, uh, my friend Mary about, and she watched the movie first, so she had no mm-hmm. problems with Leonardo DiCaprio, but I feel like the way the book mm. portrays him, it's, Leo just wasn't a good fit. Interesting. So. Remind me, what's the name of this podcast? We read the book. We read the book. Sorry. It's two Australian hosts, so you get the accent. Subscribe to a new one, another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend. And uh, try to get. Oh, I hope they do the Lost World. It's just so. Di- Have you read the Lost World? Not since high school. It's so different. Like, because every like half like, the cast is dead that like shows up in the second movie. Yeah. Really, the only similarity between the movie and the book is that Malcolm is alive. <laughs> That's like it. I'm not 100% sure I did read The Lost World. Now I'm going to look. Oh. Um, so it, Malcolm's alive. Um, I'm like, what am I going like, to? There's, there's two kids this time. And oh, God, I can't remember the other guy's name. Apparently I did. Sarah Harding. Okay. And I only thought it was okay. But I I liked that one. I need to I, I want to reread them anyways because it's been But it's so different. Jurassic Park was something that like every biology class in my school read. It was like required reading. Really? Yeah, it was weird, right? I didn't read that book until like Chris and I were living together. Like <laughs> No, it was like he had them. It was a uh, it was either summer reading for biology or it was like a weird tie-in that we had. I don't know, but or maybe just something to get everybody excited about science because it's so underappreciated according to a lot of science teachers I know. I'm really good at science. I really don't like science. It's a weird, <laughs> weird. Like her whole thoughts about chemistry. I was like, no, I feel mm-hmm. so hard on this where it's like, no, I understand it. And I could talk about it. But do I like it? And I'm like, nope, mm. I feel this. And her discussions of math. I was like, oh, you poor child. Yeah. It's okay to not be good at math. Yes, it is. Except when she says, I had a math teacher who did blah, blah, blah. My father was the math teacher. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can't remember what exactly he says, but it was like, in this time, you could have figured out this math problem. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it goes into how if you're not learning, you're wasting your time. You have to let kids be kids. Yes. They have to get it out of their system. Or they explode. And break beakers. Yep. (laughs) 
Yep. At least that's at least that's the worst of it for her. That's true. Because as we heard from other stories that she told us about other grad students, it could have been way worse. Yeah, there's the the tenured professor that like is not allowed to have students anymore because he has the highest rate of like suicide uh, suicides and his grad students and it's like oh yeah why is he still employed like how well Tenure. How? yeah exactly but wh- how <laughs> i know and the hotline's always busy yes it's just like okay i don't know how i feel about that either it doesn't ex- actually exist or this you need to get out of this college Mm-hmm. i'm worried it's that second one <laughs> same so Okay. Ending the year on Stephen King. Yep. Gunslinger. Which is not, I, it doesn't look scary. I'm assuming it's not supposed to be No, I think it's more um, sci-fi from what I understand. Um, I don't know. I was told that if I started the series, I'm going to have to finish it. But uh, I don't have to do that anymore. It does not affect my anxiety. You You do not have to. Unless you like, if you like yeah. it and you want to, yeah. then do. But if you don't like it, then eh. yeah, I've heard the first few are good, and then it gets really weird. So uh, is it? Do you, is the series finished? Do you know? As far as I know, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's the other thing. Oh my god, Outlander! There are eight books out. It's not finished, and I'm like, Ooh. the character, <laughs> the lead character, starts at the age of twenty-seven. And then two years pass, and then something happens. And then 20 years pass, and something else happens. Oh, boy. Okay. And it's like, so I think by, like, the third book, they're in their 50s. And I'm like, okay. In their 50s in the 1700s. How much longer are you going to live? Like, (laughs) let's be honest. And that's, like, book three or four. And I'm like, there's... Work, she's working on nine. So. Oh boy. But I do, to tie it into our uh, our book this week, I do find it funny because I was looking up something and there's like a news article was, was like, Outlander is a great lesson on how to listen to your partner. And I was like, I didn't click on it, but I was Ooh, like, boy. okay. <laughs> so. Communication is important in relationships. It is. There, it's actually, it's one of the things I really like is that, like, sh- it doesn't drag on. Like, she tells him in season one, like, I traveled in time. It's a whole to-do. Like, it's not just, like, out of the blue. It's kind of forced out of her. And then they, like, make an agreement that they're never going to lie to each other. And they stick to it. Like, because there's parts where they're, like, both of them are, like, I kind of wish we had not made this agreement. Because, like... <laughs> yeah so i don't know it's it's done really well and good there's a lot of trauma in it though like mm. i everybody recommends it as like this romantic mm. s- sexy show and i'm like cool there's a lot of rape like a oh. lot of like season one ends with like a really traumatic rape and i'm like and I'm like, cool. It like ends the episode, and then like I go to watch the finale, and I'm like, cool. The way they ended this, surely they're not going to show the rape. Oh no, they're going to do it in flashbacks. Great. And it's like making me want to throw up. And then in season two, within like two, I think it's like episode five. There's another rape, 
And then two episodes later, there's another attempted rape. And I was like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going back and starting over from episode one because, like, things were a little bit happier back then. Mm-hmm. So. Let's just go back to those happy times. Yeah. That's why everybody's like, you should watch Game of Thrones. And I'm like, I, no. This, a friend of mine could not do Game of Thrones because of that. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to power through at certain points. But then when certain things happen to asshole characters, I was like, all right. <laughs> I hear like once you get past, I think it's like season three, it gets better. But yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I and I'm like oh, kicking myself for us not both Chris and I for not watching it until this past year. Um, so we'll be ready for the final season when that starts in a few months in April. It seems like a lot of people just kind of got on board in the last. Yeah. Yeah. My friend George has been on board for a while and I like I mean being on Facebook, social media, I knew when certain things happened, like I knew like you can't avoid yeah. those posts like oh so this person died or the you know like or what happened at this red wedding which i yes. was not ready for i tried to google not, that I, and was like i think i get what's dude, going on but i don't watch the show at all so i knew of it in terms of i know the phrase the red wedding and i know that a whole bunch of people died and that's why it's red yeah i did not know when and i did not know who and then i was very sad <laughs> and upset about who it was because i was like that's my guy oh <laughs> Oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, I'm so hurt. Is it- and my boss knew because I would like talk to my boss. And be like, so obviously don't tell me. But like, this is the one I have a crush on. This is it. And, da, da, da. and then like, I don't know what the hell's happening in this. And she like, she knew. She was like, oh, oh God. No. She was waiting for the day when I'd come into work and be like. <gasps> <laughs> that happened with, I don't know. Did you ever read the Divergent books? No. So I read them. I actually really enjoyed them. I, I like YA books. And uh mm-hmm. So much of this is going to get cut, but um, <laughs> I started the third book and I can't remember what I said, but it was something like, hopefully everything about this turns out all happy indeed. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, how, how far into this book are you? Like, how, how much have you read? And I was like, oh no, guys, mm-hmm. stop asking me this. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. like, don't, yep. don't, don't. Yeah. Because I remember telling her my theory about the Red Wedding and what I hoped it was. And she was just like, uh-huh. It was not that. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> it was something bad with the person that I liked. <laughs> Is this so sad. the guy that dies that comes back to life? Oh, no. I don't actually. No, it's a different okay. guy. I don't find him that attractive. I don't know it's anything. It's another guy. Um, do you care no, if I name No, please go ahead. Like, I don't. I really don't care. Rob Stark. Um, he's played by the guy in that show, The Bodyguard, that's out now. Oh, yeah. Richard something. So he's the king of the north, and then the red wedding happens, and he's <sighs> devastated. But I remember, because t- I, I think it was George, so I was like, I don't actually, like, Jon Snow is the one who died and then came back. I don't find him that attractive. Yeah. So now that, um, well, Sean Bean, first of all, him, he's gone. Of course, it's then, Sean Bean. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's expected. And then, yeah, now that Rob.